We are still in the midst of the NBA offseason, but I figured enough things have happened uh, with the Sacramento Kings that I could talk about them a little bit and, and talk a little bit about the upcoming training camp and, and who is fighting for their spots on the roster. Also, the NBA released the schedule for this season. I have released shorts about a lot of the things that have happened which you can find either on YouTube or on Instagram and TikTok. But now I'll just kind of put that all together into a longer video where I can talk about it a little more. And so I think the place where I will start is with the backup center position, because that is kind of after free agency. It's been the talk of the summer for the Kings is that backup center position. Right now, in terms of centers on the roster, you obviously have Sabonis, and then you have Trey Lyles as a possibility. We didn't see him play a lot of five last season, but we did see it a little bit in the playoffs and a, a very tiny bit during the regular season. And then we have Alex Len, who was really solid in the playoffs last year and at the end of the regular season. So I would expect him to be safe. Uh, I don't know if his contract is fully guaranteed. I think it is, though. So uh, I think he's safe. And then where you have the battle for the third kind of backup center spot, if you're not including Trey Lyles as a, a center there, the third center is being contested during training camp between Nemeas Keita, who signed a two-year deal but that's only partially guaranteed he's only guaranteed two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and if he's cut before the season starts then he won't get any more than that and Nerlens noel who has a one-year deal that's also i believe only partially guaranteed and then the kings also uh signed scalabissier he's back uh to an exhibit 10 deal which pretty much just means he's Probably, I think he'll be at training camp and then he'll probably just be on the Stockton Kings for next season. Because with Kata not being on the two-way deal anymore, now we got Jake Stevens, who is also on an Exhibit 10 deal, and Scalabissier as the bigs for Stockton, I guess, is the idea there. But the big battle is between Kata and Noel. And Nemeas Kata is now going into his third year after being a second-round pick. He's had the two two-way contracts and he was eligible to get a third one I think three is the limit but the Kings are kind of saying he's either got to win it now or they're going to move on he had a, a great G League season last year was I think top five in MVP voting made the all-star team or whatever it was called maybe it was called the all-star team or something else I can't remember but I would say he had a pretty mediocre summer league. He didn't grab hold of a spot on this roster with his summer league performance. And he had an injury in summer league that cut it a little bit short, but probably only by like one game because he probably would have sat out the last game anyways. So I think he probably only missed one game there. Sounds like the injury is pretty minor, so it's not a big deal, which is good because it was concerning when it was like a foot injury for a big seven-footer, but that's good that that wasn't serious. I think the Kings 
see a higher ceiling for Keita than obviously a guy like Nerlens Noel, who somehow is still only 29 years old, which is crazy to me. But obviously they see Keita, I think, as the guy who can be more than just a shot blocking center. Whereas I think with Nerlens Noel, you're kind of getting just the safe. Well, I don't know if I should call it safe because he's been injury prone. But if he is healthy, then it's kind of the safe, just he's going to go out there, block shots, get rebounds, and roll to the rim. Whereas I, I think there's a little more potential with Keita to be more of a playmaker from different spots on the floor, whether it be the high post, mid post, or anywhere really. But I also think, like I said before, the Kings are kind of saying this is it for Keita. Like he has to prove it in this summer league or in this uh, training camp. And if he does, then, you know, giving him that two year deal, which I think also if there's another partial guarantee to it. So I don't think he's guaranteed the full two years, even if he makes it past uh, like opening day or whatever it is. But yeah, they're they're saying you got to prove it now or we're not going to wait around forever for him to develop. And I know, you know, He's only been around for two years, but the Kings are moving towards a win now mode. The roster is still young, but not super young. And a team that got the third seed last year obviously wants to do even more and go deeper in the playoffs this coming season. And I think they probably see Nerlens Noel as a guy that can really provide value as a backup center. So Kata really is going to need to prove himself in this training camp. And that will be fun to see who wins that position. And then the Kings have uh, a few more training camp spots. I think it's 21 that a team gets and the Kings are at 18. I think I would hope Jordan Ford gets a spot and then we'll see who else the Kings bring in. And then we can move on to the schedule that came out for the Kings. I saw somewhere that the Kings had the third toughest schedule in the NBA, which sounds about right, because you look at our division, and I think uh, with like betting odds, we're favored to finish last in the division. At least I saw that on with some odds, obviously odds can be different, but I mean, that just goes to show the strength of our division. We could really have five, all five Pacific division teams in like the top six of the Western Conference. Yeah, that's not, that's not fun. Uh, You know, everyone's kind of talking about the Western Conference getting stronger. And I mean, I, I think it's true that it got maybe a little stronger, but I think that's being a little overhyped but the west is still clearly better than the east so that is rough for the kings that they have to play the four teams in their division that are very good all guaranteed four times we didn't get a christmas day game this season which was unfortunate but the nba obviously is trying to capitalize on the warriors versus kings playoff series that had like the most was like the most watched playoff series other than a finals in forever and so they put 
three of the the Kings Warriors games on national television, like real national television, not NBA TV. And uh, speaking of that, the Kings got 11 national TV games and like 22 if you're counting NBA TV, which is a lot compared to uh, to past seasons. So that's cool to see the Kings kind of getting the respect that they deserve because they're the third seed and a very exciting team. So I think that'll be good for people to be able to watch the Kings, not just in the playoffs, because you have, you know, Bleacher reports coming out, you know, with their top five most overrated players and Sabonis is at the top, which is, you know, obviously really dumb. I mean, all five of their top five most overrated players, like I would say all five are probably actually underrated. So it was just a stupid list in general. But I think, you know, that shows like the the disrespect that the Kings got and like the athletic was coming out with their um, like positional rankings of players. And you had Rudy Gobert, like a tier above Sabonis. And you had De'Aaron Fox as like a 3C point guard or whatever their stupid rankings were, right? And their rankings are like dumb anyways because they had a Utah Jazz logo next to Rudy Gobert. Having national TV games should help a little bit on people actually being able to watch the team and not just base every opinion off of highlights or one playoff series. The Kings open the season in Utah against the Jazz, and then they come home for the home opener against the Warriors. They also have their in-season tournament games. They have two of those on national television as well, with the last one being against the Warriors, which is exactly what I wanted them to do with the in-season tournament, is actually be smart about how they scheduled it and who is like the home team and who was playing each other on the last game of the in-season tournament. And so I think they did that well with the Kings and Warriors, obviously the top two teams, um, hypothetically, of their group going up against each other in Sacramento. So I think that the scheduling for the in-season tournament has been good to be able to build that hype at least you hope it would unless, you know, one of the teams or both of the teams bombs out or doesn't take it seriously or whatever. And I think another way that you can see how strong the Western Conference is is just by looking at the in-season tournament groups. And you're like, okay, what what groups are like super difficult? And you look at the East and you're like, or even like which are exciting. And it's like, no, no, no. And then you look at the West and you're like, one person might say group A is the group of death. And then another person's like, no, no, it's group C. And another person's like, no, it's group D, B. Like they could all be the group of death because that's how good the West is. And that's, oh, that's annoying. But I mean, that's the reason the Kings had such a long playoff drought. It's because the West is just always better than the East. But I am excited for the in-season tournament. I want the Kings to take it seriously. And I feel like they will. But of course, you know, if they... If they lose and, and don't make it out of the group, then who cares? And if they win, then it's like bigger than the NBA finals, right? I mean, I don't think uh, an in-season tournament is ever going to come close to the hype of like the finals, which is a good thing. But also, I do think that it, it will generate excitement and, and people will watch it. 
at some point I'm going to make a, a video covering kind of the Western Conference and where each team is at, how maybe it's a little overhyped, how the West got so much better than last year. But uh, so I'll be coming out with like a video talking about that and kind of where each team is generally probably going to fall in the Western Conference and where the Kings should kind of set their sights on on what they would be happy with in this next regular season. But anyways, that is it for this episode of The Real Report. Just thought I would hop on because, you know, it's been a bit since I've made a video and enough had happened in the offseason. But I will be uh, covering the FIBA World Cup, covering Team USA, talking about all those games that start just a couple of days from now. It's rough watching, you know, with the Women's World Cup. I was staying up till 5 a.m. and now... With the FIBA World Cup, it's like I got to get up at 5 a.m. That's rough, but I am still excited about the, the FIBA World Cup. So until then, I will see you guys later. Peace.